For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Welcome back to Believe in Softball. I'm your host, Jenna Becerra, and it's officially summertime. I love summer. For most of my life, it was just sunshine and softball, and that's what we get this year, too. And that means that 2021 is already half over, which is really, really hard to believe. But I'm having a lot of fun looking forward to lots of softball on deck. It's still pretty exciting for the rest of this year, so stay tuned. And some reminders for ways that you can keep up with the show, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Believe in Softball, that's B-L-E-A-V. Subscribe to Believe in Softball on YouTube and watch the episodes as well. All right, so let's just go through today's order. First, we'll cover our bases. I'll give you some news and updates in the softball world. Then we'll head into today's interview with Lauren Hager. She's seen so much success as a collegiate player and beyond. Now she's paying it forward as a coach and instructor. So it's just a great opportunity for us to soak it all up. And then we'll end things with the foul tip of the week, our new segment this season where we share tips to help us get better. All right, let's get going. Covering our bases. We all know there's nothing like the Women's College World Series. It is electrifying. And now that we've crowned that champion, anyone who loves bat and ball sports is watching the road to Omaha for the college baseball World Series now. And it's not the same, I can't say. As a softball, you know, lover, it's not the same, but it's still fun. And there's still a ton of exciting sports action going on across the board, and BetOnline is where you can find it. From basketball and hockey playoffs to MLB matchups, including prop bets and futures, BetOnline has all the latest odds, news, and information for all your online sports betting needs. So visit the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So before the next tip-off, face-off, or pitch, head on over to BetOnline and start playing today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. So when we look at the landscape of sports right now, where is softball at? There's actually lots of stuff still going on. I know I keep saying this, but we, we focus a lot on college softball, as we should. It's amazing, but there's more, too. It's not just February to June that we should be paying attention to. 
So a few things going on. In the college softball world, there are actually some summer moves being made. Lauren Lappin, hired as an assistant coach at Arizona. And there's so many reasons for me to be excited about this. Stanford alum, she was actually our guest on this show, a former Olympian as well last season in season one. She was for the 25th episode, pretty exciting one. I was so happy to have another Stanford Cardinal alum with me. And I think just on a personal level, there's that, but also more women. We talked about how the Pac-12 has all-female head coaches. I mean, look at this all-female staff at one of the most historic and just full of tradition programs that we have in college softball. Not only that too, but they're former players. Again, it's like they get it. They've walked this path before. They know what it's all about. Specifically in the Pac-12 too, you got Taryn Moa and Caitlin Lowe who played at Arizona, right? But then like Lapp played at Stanford too. So they know what that's about. Caitlin Lowe and her played together on Team USA, got Olympic experience too. So you have this sort of like teammates bond as well as like opponents. They played against each other too, right? So it's a really interesting dynamic that I think brings a lot to the program and hope to see more and more of that throughout the country. Then there's Keely Richard from Virginia Tech coming back for a fifth year. So basically this means we get another year of the iconic bun in the circle from her. I am thrilled about this. But also I think it's a good sign of loyalty and commitment from somebody who no doubt had a lot of opportunities to go elsewhere. We live in a world of transfers right now in college softball, especially after COVID. Like that is how it is right now. And for her to come back to Virginia Tech to go one last round, I mean, I think that kind of loyalty, players, especially young players, should pay attention because you don't have to just jump ship right away. I mean, if it doesn't work for you, I'm a believer in figuring out what does and going where you're you're going to be successful and thrive, but give it time too. You have to fight through that and it's not easy. So don't assume that it will be. So I, I like seeing that from her. Then just in terms of outside of the NCAA, but still college players, the Florida Gulf Coast League is underway this summer. And last year we had seven teams that we got to see compete during COVID. This year they've added three more teams. And, you know, after the 2020 college season was canceled, keep in mind that Florida Gulf Coast League was an opportunity for college players to compete and actually play games. They didn't get to do that all spring, but they actually got to get game reps in in the summer. I mean, it is so important. I can't overstate the importance of real live reps. So what a great opportunity from that standpoint. And then when you think about the fact that like, yes, NCAA softball is the fastest growing sport in NCAA right now. And baseball has a summer league already for all of their college players to go develop. And a lot of it has to do with sort of showcasing for the MLB, et cetera. But to start to create opportunities like that for softball is super, super important. It has to do with that equity. I mean, Kandrea even talked about that too in, in our last episode. It's just, it's just really important to see that growth. And then you think about too, we talk about player development. What about development for coaches, too? I mean, you look at Carson Gordon. She's a Florida State World Series champion from a few years ago. And now she's the head coach for one of the new teams, the Sarasota Circus, after she was an assistant coach for another team last summer. So think about that, the ability for coaches to also develop and get these opportunities for game reps, for team environments, et cetera. Like, there are multiple angles here that are good. So keep an eye on that. And then you cannot forget, no one can, 
that a little bit later this summer, we have the Olympics. It is less than a month away. Olympic Day was this week. World Softball Day was a couple weeks back. I mean, all of these things are kind of lining up and leading to the big show. And just some, some quick updates around the world. You know, Team USA finished the American leg of the Stand Beside Her Tour. Next stop, Tokyo. Mexico played some games against Canadian Wild, which, as we know, is essentially Team Canada. Um, they just participated in the National Pro Fast Pitch League as, you know, another avenue, basically, to get reps. So it's essentially Mexico and Canada got to play against each other for a little preview to prep. Australia has been playing games in Japan. Mike Candrea, right after, you know, we interviewed him last week, he went to Italy to go advise the team. Japan has actually previously trained at the main Olympic site at Yokohama Stadium in Tokyo. They have that advantage as the host country. And these are all just a fraction of the prep that is going into the Olympics. Starting lineups are starting to emerge for what we're going to see come the actual competition and schedule. Teammates are really coming together. Like, this is it. The Olympics are only a couple of weeks. You know, it's July 23rd through August 8th this year. Softball will open it up and start at the very beginning of the, of the Olympics. And then it's going to be done in less than a week. Like, we will know who has that gold medal in less than a week. So think about all of this buildup. Not just this year, but all of last year with the postponement, etc. Even some very last-minute concerns. Is, is Japan going to be able to do this after all? All of these things, all this buildup to just a few days of actually playing. So this is it. I mean, like the Avengers, we're in the end game now, right? Like this, this is it. Everything has been leading to this. And we're almost there. I, I can't wait. And then right after the Olympics, we have more fun softball on the pro side with Athletes Unlimited. And they know how to give the people what they want. Let me just say, Odyssey Alexander will be in Rosemont. From JMU to AU, we got her. After so much buzz on social media during the World Series, everyone was like, we have to have her this year. We did it, guys. We did it. I say we because I think the fans are a big part of it as well. And there are some drafted players, players we already knew Athletes Unlimited wanted to come join that have officially signed now as well, like U of A's Jesse Harper and Alyssa Denham. And then you look at Louisiana's Sierra Nolan too. So now those, those guys are locked in. And then we have some new players, like Team USA's Ali Aguilar, one of the greats from UW. Riley Sartin from Texas A&M, she's an alum. Also, if you've ever seen her viral video with her husband, it is amazing. So he was also a baseball player. Long story short, they're basically playing like some ball in, in the front of their house, like in near their garage. And he hits a home run off of her and bat flips and like totally just like shows her up right? Then a few days later, she hits one off of him, like just goes yard. And so she bat flips and gets him back. And it is just epic. It's the energy we need. And it's the energy that I'm excited to see in Athletes Unlimited. So I'm excited about that. Not only that, but there will be fans in the house. Tickets are on sale at auprosports.com slash tickets. Guys, there will be people there. Last year had so much energy, even with no fans at all. And now we actually get fans this year. It is such a big part of the atmosphere. Gosh, it's just, I'm pumped. I love to see these things being put together where we're moving forward, you know, different pieces of the puzzle. I mean, there's some amazing returners too. And when you put all these things together, all these building blocks, it's just onward and upward from here.
So back to kind of the beginning of what I said, where is softball at right now? The answer is a good place. The theme is just growth and opportunity and getting back on the field. And that is always good. I think we can all agree. And someone who's played on many different stages and is helping to grow the game now is today's guest. So let's head into the interview. She is a two-time NCAA national champion and All-American at Florida. 2015 National Player of the Year, the only player in softball or baseball history besides Babe Ruth to hit 70 home runs and win 70 games as a pitcher, USA Junior National Team and NPF alum and teacher of the next generation, Lauren Hager. Hi, Lauren. Hello. Thank you for that intro. It is so oh. nice to get to chat with you. It was a long intro, but but worth it. I mean, you earned all those things, so I had to. Yeah, seems like a lifetime ago, but <laughs> I'm just I'm getting up there in the has-been community. <laughs> and I have a question for you, actually. If yes. you're ever feeling down, do you just like eat a Baby Ruth candy bar to just remind yourself of how badass you are? No, but sometimes I'll watch my old games on TV. <laughs> I love it. Like, I, I like sometimes I'll just like, I really miss playing softball. And then I'll like watch a few innings and then I'll be good to go. But I, I, I do that from time to time just to remember why I loved it. That's for sure. Yeah, we all need the reminder every once in a while. I like that. Well, you actually had the... Sorry, my puppy is here, so I will do my best to keep her calm. Oh, even better. Uh, she just got fixed, so she's, like, a little anxious, so we'll just do our best here. No worries. I mean, okay. I'm all for this being a pup cast if we, if we if want it she to. Has, if she pops in, I don't think anyone would mind. She's really cute. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> well, I don't know if your puppy was able to make it with you, but... I think I saw that this last time was your first time you actually got to just be a fan at the Women's College World Series. So how was that? Um, It was a really cool experience. Like, I have never been able to just be a true fan, you know, without the Gators being there, without playing in it. And here we are. Um, This is Daisy, everybody. She's crazy. Hi, Daisy. She's wearing a t-shirt, so she doesn't, you know... Okay, so sorry. But uh, it was really, really cool because it's just so amazing when you get to sit in the stands and meet all these people who are truly just fans. And half the time, like, they're just softball fans. They're not even truly a fan of a certain school or anything like that. They're just there to be with their family. And I met um, two times ago, actually, I met, you know, a volleyball family. They just love to watch the Women's College World Series and they love to come and they live close. And the other one is they bring their whole RV with their family and they have a big old, you know, party almost at the World Series and they're really just fans. So that was actually really cool. And um, I did get to see, you know, some of my old coaches coach, which was cool just to be a fan of them and what they do. And I don't know. It was a different experience. It brought back a lot of memories, but in the best way, for sure. Well, it's like a second home to you, I'd imagine. Like when you win twice, you know, and go as many times as you did, it's probably a good feeling just to be in that atmosphere. Yeah. And I went with um, some, like a family that I'm really close with too. And so it was cool to kind of talk to them about the ins and outs of how it goes. And they're asking questions about what are, where are the players at right now? Or what are they doing right now? And, oh, there's fields back there, or that's the bullpen or kind of getting to talk about what's under the, you know, dugouts. And they just thought that was really cool too. Cause you kind of got like a, they got like a backstage, 
you know, insight about how it runs and what we do and where we eat and all the kind of things like that. Totally. So it's so funny you say that because my boyfriend has actually become a bigger softball fan since I was done playing because he gets to like talk to me, ask me questions like while we're watching it, whether it's in person or on TV, like doesn't matter. And it is pretty cool. And it's kind of fun. I mean, tell me what you think, but I think it's kind of fun to like just give them your knowledge too, you know, like just get to talk about like all the things that you've experienced. Absolutely. And I, I think because more people are just so it's cool to talk about like, what is this girl thinking about right now? Or like, what are the coaches talking about? Or where'd that girl go? Like, I don't know. I just think it's cool to be able to pass that information along. Cause it, it just makes it like, it makes it more of a closer knit community when everybody kind of knows what's happening. And so Oh yeah. I love people ask me questions all the time. And then I, then I'm like, do you really want to know? Like, do you really want to know? Or do you just want to watch or, you know, like there's just so many things that you really want to know what I was thinking right there. Probably not, but, but you know, sports bring out the best of us and the craziness of us. So it's just good to be honest about all that. Well, yeah. It's like, what kind of level of information do you want here? We could do like the basic, we could do like, Every little There's thought. 100% levels of information. That is the best way to put it. Exactly. <laughs> wow. Isn't that the truth? Seriously. Right. Man. Well, there's a, been some, just a, there, everybody was wondering, like Aubrey had called, Aubrey Monroe was my catcher in college. Yep. And we were one strike away from winning a national championship. And Coach Hutch at Michigan called a timeout to talk to her player. And so Aubrey came out to me and I was at a camp one time and they were like, you know, what was Aubrey talking about? Like, what was the moment? And I'm like, well, you really want to know? Because she told me that my eyebrows still looks good and that I looks good on TV and that we were going to win a national championship in a second. And I was like, that's what she, we were talking about. It wasn't a game plan. It wasn't. I was like, that's really what we talked about. And it, it was just really funny because I think people are really looking for like a very inspirational moment. I just, that was the truth. So <laughs> that was funny. That's such a good reminder though, because... Yeah, sometimes you also need just like levity in the moment, right? Like I, I don't and catchers are so this good catchers are so good at reading that in their pitchers. Like, okay, what do they need in this moment? And I, I know mm-hmm. you guys had such a great relationship, right? And it's like she knew, like, you know what, we can we can just keep this simple. We don't need to we don't need to freak out in this moment, you know? And it's like that is real though. We don't always it's have to so be real. intense like every second. Oh yeah. Or there doesn't always, you know, pitchers are all different. Um, I was definitely the only one on my staff that needed something like that. Other ones like to plan. They liked to figure out what they were going to do next or what they were feeling, or they needed to just talk through some mechanical things or whatever it is. But I was just like, I didn't want to talk about pitching in those moments. I just needed to like clear my mind in other ways. And um, being on national television and making sure that I looked good was a big part of it because I, I just enjoyed like getting ready for games and all those kinds of things. And Aubrey knew that. And so she was just like, you look good. You're going to look good at the bottom of a dog pile. Let's go. And I was like, you're right. That's what motivated me the most. I think that's so funny. We're all humans. I think too, that they have to understand like we're just humans and we just, in any situation, some people just need to clear their mind in that way. And so that's just where I chose to clear my mind. Hey, I get it. Like we always used to say, you look good, you feel good, you feel good, you play good, you play good, you win, right? Like big believer in that. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if I like my uniform didn't fit right and like, I just feel like I was always like 
pulling at myself or tugging at myself. And like, if you feel good in what you're wearing and you feel good about yourself there, like you're going to play so much better. I am a firm believer in that as well. hundred percent. I feel like Florida in general always does a good job of that. I mean, obviously there's like the yellow flowers, which are meaningful, like in your hair, but, but in general, I feel like everyone looks, looks good. Like I'm trying to think, I I don't remember like anyone who doesn't or who hasn't. Right. I think it's definitely like changed a little bit um, of like the level of like, we were a little bit psychotic with what we were doing to ourselves, like before games and everything, like curling our hair. And like, I would always like make sure my eyebrows are on and my mascara is on and all those kinds of things. Um, but we really did take a lot of pride in that. And coach Walton takes a lot of pride in how we look and how he looks and being professional in that way. Um, and that was always something that was super preached to us. So I think we just kind of ran with it, but, um, yeah, he does a really good job with like uniforms and the way everybody matches and making sure our cleats are clean and like all those kinds of things. And I mean, it makes a difference. We definitely took it to a whole other level with like our hair and makeup because we enjoyed that. It was a time for our team to bond and stuff before the game. Everybody's curling their hair together and getting ready. But um, yeah, they he does a really good job. <laughs> so. Yeah, but I think it's I think it's important. If you look professional, you might play professionally. You know, like it, it makes sense to me, and it reminds me. Just there are definitely some teams in the pack too who like are curling their hair and like doing their makeup more so than we ever did at Stanford. It was we kept it really simple. But I remember like Arizona specifically, and I actually had Calista Balco on the show that she she played before I was part of the Pac-12, but. I asked her, I was like, so the purses in the dugout thing, like, what's the deal with that? You know, <laughs> like, what level yeah. are we talking about here? Oh, that's funny. I, and it's so funny because, I mean, like, growing, I mean, I feel like U of A has always kind of been that way. Yeah. Like, I'm from Arizona, so I grew up watching U of A and UCLA and all that kind of stuff. But I always remember U of A always looking that way. And they've had the same uniforms or, like, the same, like, style of uniform literally forever. Yeah. And they like pride themselves in like, this is what we wear. This is what we look like. And I think there's a sense of pride going through, like, you know, when you're going to get there, you know what uniform you're going to wear. And I think that that's kind of cool. And it's been the same forever. Yeah, so. it has. I wonder if Caitlin Lowe will like make any changes, but like, why? <laughs> right. You know, I don't know. I don't know if she can. I don't know if like, I mean, I don't know. I feel like that's a tough thing. I, I saw that you had um, Coach Kendrea on. And that is so cool because when he was in the dugout taking down his lineup card, bawling my eyes out, absolutely bawling my eyes out because like I was like nine watching him coach my dream team and then getting to play at the world series and see how far I've come. I was just like, Oh my gosh, he's really retiring. I don't know. It was just so sad to me. Um, But I think she, because she has been in the program, I just can't wait to see like, what she keeps, what she decides to bring in new, you know, I just think it's like the end of a chapter, but a great one is coming. And I don't know. I'm really excited to see what happens. I agree. It was like a really long chapter with coach Kendria, but but a great one, you know? And like, yeah, you're right. It's time to turn the page. I loved, I love her approach too. She's like, I'm not going to, you know, just imitate him. I'm going to be the best version of me and take all those lessons with me, which is all you can really ask for. Right. A perfect woman for the job. I was very excited. 
I was bad. with you with the like emotional like aspect though with everything going on with him with his retirement too like how can you not he's affected all of us you know in one way or another every single person yeah. every single person in yeah. every single school from every single state and like a- across the world like his tapes have been everywhere <laughs> so everybody's seen them <laughs> that's so true that's yeah so true. well okay so you you grew up watching teams like u of a like get to the world series, win the world series, then you do it yourself. Like what? So you you talked about this internal dialogue or even dialogue with your catchers. And it's not always necessarily like the most intense thing that you're having, but like, what is that? I don't know, piece of the dialogue that you think really gets teams to that level. That makes sense. Yeah, I think I have a way better understanding about it now since I've been out for a little bit. Um, I've always just kind of done it. Like it was hard for me to be like, I just did it. And I was here for a good time, not a long time. And that's always just kind of been, like, I love softball. I loved it. And it was so much fun and competing was fun. And I knew at the end of the day, like my life wasn't over if we lost or those kinds of things. I didn't want to lose because that was I was really competitive, but I think at the end of the day, I had a really quick turnover with like being upset and those kinds of things Um, that helped me a ton, but also just, I just never let those things like fester. Like I just was never that way. I was like, all right, well we lost. And then the next day we get to play again. And I just kind of had a very quick memory when it came to those things. And I know not everybody can do that. I know not everybody is that way, but I've been that way my whole life. And so I'm like that daily. Like I would say that I'm a pretty happy person. I don't carry my days of, I'm not super negative, I guess, like living my life day to day and giving lessons full time. You can't be that way. Um, You know, you have to give each kid a very positive, happy, you know, quick, memory getting rid of like the bad things fast kind of mentality when you're teaching and so um that was it for me I would say but like for the missing part of the teams it's like who's not going to be scared to like be with bases loaded at the women's college world series and get out and then not feel like your life is over like who's going to be the person that's just going to be okay with that who's going to be okay with maybe this isn't going to work out but still being able to like come back the next day and put themselves in that position again kind of goes with vulnerability. I'm I'm a very vulnerable person. I've always been that way. Like what you see is what you get. I never hold anything back. And so I think that that played into my softball career too. So as deep as you kind of want to make it, I just feel like that is how I was. And it helped me so much now that I've done mental training afterwards or help people with mental training. It's, interesting to recognize like that not everybody is that way um and everybody has their own way Um, so for me that's what I've recognized it to be and how um I think teams are successful when they have players who could do that for sure I had never necessarily thought of it in that way in terms of vulnerability I think that's a really good point because we think about all the time everyone talks about this is a game of failure you know you have to be able to turn the page that kind of stuff but what allows you to be able to do that? And I think vulnerability is huge for that. And I hadn't necessarily kind of put it together in that way before. So I feel like that's a really good call out for, <laughs> for this. 
They're similar. I mean, it's just like if you're asking someone on a date, they tell you no. It's like, oh, well, am I never going to go up to bat again? Like, am I never? It's like very similar, I guess, in that way. So. Absolutely. That mm-hmm. is spot on. And yeah, for so many different scenarios in life. I love that that example, though, too, <laughs> that comparison. <laughs> Sorry for our lives, right? <laughs> That's so great. Okay, yes. And I remember seeing you tweet during the College World Series, like, the pitcher that's most unbothered is the one that wins. And I, I'm i kind of getting more of a sense of what you mean by that, like, at a deeper level. Yeah, so it's just so, like, fun to watch, like, because I was in that situation, getting to watch other pitchers and, like, how they react to situations and how they don't react to situations. And like, those are the ones that win every single time. Like I just gave up a home run, eh, move on. Like those are the ones that always do well because at the end of the day, you are going to give up a home run at the women's college world series. You are going to suck at some point. Like it's just a part of it. And so just recognizing it and like not being bothered by it, the being bothered by those situations, the crowd, the other teams, the, the cameras, the weather, the, all of it. If you're just unbothered and you are normal, like those seems to be the pitchers and stuff that win the most often, I guess, in the way that I view it. Oh yeah. I mean, I wish that I would have done a better job of that when I was playing. I definitely early on dwelled a little too much like at bat to at bat and things like that and when I finally stopped doing that yeah of course that's when I had the most success right and I think most people that's what they're going to experience and recognizing it early enough right I think is definitely a factor with all of us like I do feel like I I just been that way my whole life so I didn't have that moment of it but there are other things that I wish I would have turned on earlier, you know, like, don't we all just wish we could have turned it on earlier, but it's a part of your journey. It's who, well, how it's what has made us who we are today. So we've all learned from it, which is the only thing we could ever ask for. It really is. I mean, you can't, you can't change it. You can only move forward and hindsight's always twenty twenty anyway. Like it's always different when we look back at it than when we were really experiencing it. So I have to remember that. But here we are now. Like, yeah, it just carries on into your life and so much. But here we are now. We can't change it. So let's move on. I don't know. Totally. And yeah. for you, you are on both sides of the ball with your experience. Like, do you consider yourself a pitcher who hits or a hitter who pitches? So that's interesting because I feel like earlier on in my career, I would have been a hitter who pitches hundred percent um probably up until my senior year and then after my senior year I don't know they're so this is okay stick with me here I get this question a lot I get this question a lot like what do you like better hitting or pitching or what do you consider yourself a pitcher or whatever so I mean for me they just are so different and they are their separate like sections. Like there's like a reason why there's not a lot of people who do both is because they are a hundred percent different. So to like put them into one category to me is so hard because if I was just in the pitcher category, you know, like this is my stats. And if I was just in the hitter category, this is my stats, but it's like, how can those be in the same kind of table? And I hate it. 
I almost feel like too, I didn't like it when they kind of went together, when people would kind of put that together because it's like, no, like I worked so hard to be one of the top pitchers and like, that's hard to do on itself. And then I worked so hard to be one of the top hitters and they don't help each other out. Like I did that. Like I made myself the top of both, which I mean, is rare, right? Like it's, it's hard. It's a commitment. Like it is hard. I don't, I'm crazy. I think I'm crazy. I might be crazy, but that's okay. So that doesn't answer your question at all. Kinda. Earlier in my career, I would say a hitting pitcher. Later on in my career, I'd say a pitching hitter. But in my eyes, I don't feel like I can put them together. No, I get that. They are yeah. they are different. It's like, do you feel like you almost get into just two totally different modes? Like almost like you're two different players? Hundred percent. And like I've been toying with the idea to like really come up with like maybe possibly like writing a book about it or putting a new platform about it because you have to be coached different. You have to be talked to differently. You have to, cause my hitting brain and my pitching brain might be completely different. Um, and I think that mine were, and being able to separate those two things, like, you know, you hear about it all the time. Like you got to separate your feeling and your hitting or all those kinds of things. And, like pitching and hitting is just like it's crazy um but I feel like I have two brains I have hitter Lauren brain and I have pitcher Lauren brain and the moment that you cannot let them cross each other is the moment they're gonna thrive and I had to be coach Walton very much had to coach me differently as a pitcher and very much had to coach me differently as a hitter so I would consider myself into like two different identities almost and I think that people need to understand that when they're coaching them or when they are one of them, you know, that they can't cross together or it just doesn't work. Well, yeah, because some people think that, okay, when you're pitching, you think about what you would do as a hitter, or if you're hitting, you think about what you would do as a pitcher, but it sounds like that's, that actually would just get you down a rabbit hole and that's not what your approach was. Or did you do that a little bit? Maybe a little, but to be honest, like, I was a horrible guesser. So like if I'm up to bat and I'm pitching, but like what I'm pitching is completely different than what she's pitching. So if I let myself get into like, well, what would I do here? I don't even have a drop ball. So why am I thinking about that or whatever the case is, you know? Um, but it was very much the only thing that I think helped me a ton is that I could read spin really well because pitchers, you know, which way the ball is spinning and those kinds of things. And you can see mechanics, I think that helped me a lot too, like through the end of pitchers, pitches and recognizing changeups a little bit better. Um, but for the most part, I didn't do that. Like I didn't put myself into those kind of situations. Pitching to hitters, I did more than me hitting against pitchers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause like attacking a hitter was a little bit more similar to everybody else than you hitting, attacking a pitcher. Right. No, I don't know. Does no, I get that. I actually, yeah. I totally get that because it's like mm-hmm. when you're a hitter, it, the pitcher, pitchers are very, very different. So it's hard to just think the same every time. Hitters are different too, like have different tendencies, but it's the same zone every time, mm-hmm. you know? So it's like, there's yes. more constants, like when you're throwing to a hitter than there is like thinking about the pitcher. Totally. Yep. For sure. No, that makes sense. I think that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's interesting too. So you said that like, yes, the pitcher that's most unbothered is the one who wins. What makes a hitter who wins in those situations? 
the quick, the vulnerability, the quick, you know, moving, moving along just because like, I mean, if you're, I've, I can replay almost every single time in my brain, like when I've struck out in such like a huge situation or what if I had done this or what if I had done that, but it's like, if I wasn't like all in, in that situation, like I would have, I would regret what I did, but I don't like, I was vulnerable. I was batting three or four for a reason. Like, and so striking out with bases loaded at the world series on a three, two, I will, I could literally go through every situation, but the ones who are just so like this, what makes this any different? Like, okay. So the crowd's going to boo me or like my, you know, the fans are going to tweet about me or whatever the case is. But at the end of the day, like your, your actual group of people don't care. They don't mind. And they wanted you there in the first place. So I think that creates a little bit of comfort when you just don't, not that you don't care, but you kind of don't care. You can't care. If you overcare, it's going to be really stressful. Oh, overcare. Oh, that is a great oh, way of putting it. Because there is such a thing. It's like, yes. if you, like if you're puppy, if you like care too much and squeeze them too hard, you're going to hurt them, right? Like it's like the same thing with your softball. Boundaries. Career. That goes on another part of life, right? Oh, Boundaries. thousand percent. So, like what you let bother you is just what's going to bother you. But if you don't let it, then it won't. And I don't know. It It's hard playing on that kind of stage in front of that many people on national television and knowing that like someone's tweeting that you're ugly, someone's tweeting that you're stuck, someone's tweeting that you're humongous. The other one's tweeting that they love you. Like it's just such a roller coaster of everyone's opinion. So at the end of the day, like can't please everybody. I'm just going to do my thing. If you want to jump on board, you can. But if you don't want to, that is perfectly fine. <laughs> yeah. So really, it's like what makes a, a great pitcher who wins is the same as what would make a good hitter is the same as a good fielder. Like you have to be unbothered no matter what. It's just different ways I think of channeling so. it. Yeah. yeah. And everybody's going to have their own way and think about it in their own way. Like what makes anyone unbothered in any situation is going to be different from the way that I process and make myself unbothered or however anyone wants to say it so speaking of unbothered and your tweets speaking of both of those things twitter and being unbothered i have been highly entertained when i've seen some of your tweets pop up on my feed around you coaching travel ball and like giving lessons and the instruction side of things so just i know i know what you're up to in terms of like the team you're coaching and the instruction you're giving but can you just give for the listeners like a quick background of what you're doing in those areas yeah so i live in charlotte north carolina and i give lessons full-time at a facility called the softball project kelsey bruder who also played at florida um it's her facility she asked if i would come you know give pitching lessons there um and so that's what i started to do full-time not even thinking about wanting to coach travel ball, you know, hearing every, every nightmare story about it. Right. Like, I don't want to do that. Not really sure if I ever wanted to coach, you know, college or I, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Um, a team that works out in their organization called team NC. And so the head coach of the team, he was in there. He would always see me in there. We'd like say hi, but we didn't really talk at all. And one day he just, he straight up asked me, he said, do you ever think you'd ever want to coach travel ball? And I was like, sure. Like no one's ever, no one asked me, like no one's ever asked me to, which 
I think is kind of interesting. And then once I committed to being on coaching his team, like everybody was like, well, why'd you pick them? I said, well, they asked, you didn't ask, nobody asked. So here we are. Anyway, so I, I knew their family and I, I just, I love their family. They are literally like a second family to me. And so I couldn't be in the best like situation possible and how Kevin, his name is Kevin Hind. I, I coach a 16 and under team, team NC Hind. Um, we're pretty young in the spectrum of being 16U. But we travel all around the nation and the best tournaments in the East Coast and um, we play. I would say that our strategy and the way that we go about things is a, is a lot different um, than what travel ball has become. And it's really like opened up my eyes to how horrible some of the things that I see is in travel ball and how like I'm mean, these poor girls mental health to be honest like no wonder why when they get to school they're like a wreck because some of the things that I've seen is awful I'm not perfect I haven't been in the travel ball scene forever but I have been a 14 year old girl in that situation I have played travel ball and that's the only thing that I can give is like no matter what no matter like any coach that's out there you've never been a 14 year old girl and so I just feel like I can come at a different perspective. I'm talking about the male coaches, obviously, but for the most part, that's what we have. That's all it is. So anyway, that's my background of what I'm doing now. This thing is my third two and a half years, two years, two and a half years or so that I've been coaching with them. Um, I do go on rants. So thank you for appreciating them because sometimes I get really ranty. No, I yeah. am always here for a good rant. When it's like what you said, like, you know what it's like to be in that situation, you know, like there is, and there's a purpose to your rant. It's like, you're trying to convey, hey, this is maybe not the most effective thing to do. Why don't we right. try this to like make <laughs> these players better and like the, the travel ball community better too, because you're a hundred percent right. Anyone, any former player, or even if you're still playing pro, whatever, but anyone who grew up playing through that system has had a lot of good times, but also like some crazy experiences especially with parents like let's be honest like that that's where a lot of things come into play but also with coaches to your point and I'm glad to see more people like you like who are women who have been in those shoes like taking those coaching roles because I think it's going to be so important for so many reasons right and it was so sad to me when I would like go on those rants like I probably got 100 dms or so like talking about like because I made a tweet about how like ex-college softball players are like they they don't want to coach travel ball anymore and I got story after story after story after story of how like they were mistreated on an 8U rec ball team that now they don't want to do it anymore it's like to another branch of that rant it's it's hard because what do girls do after college softball if they want to coach there's only a few like a few opportunities in college sports, you're a volunteer assistant somewhere. Maybe that's not what you want to do. Your job is, feels like it's never guaranteed. It could be pulled to Minnesota to Florida in about three seconds, you know, like you're all over the place. There's no like security in that. Um, and so what, what other Avenue do we have, you know, and if your entry level Avenue is an eight U rec ball team that you are volunteering your time to coach at. And that's how horribly you're going to be treated. Like they got to start somewhere. And if you ruin them, they're like, they're done. And we just lost another great 
influential woman to these young kids because a parent is mad at an eight youth softball game or softball team situation. It just breaks my heart because we just, we need them all. We need, we need every single one that we can. And when they have bad experiences, like, I mean, some people just don't want to deal with it anymore and I don't blame them. Yeah. I mean, it's tough. Like everybody wants to feel valued, especially when you've, again, it's like, like what more credentials would someone like you, for example, need to, and it's like, everybody should be respectful anyway, like period, let alone when there's somebody that actually has this knowledge, like don't waste these opportunities. Like I would never walk in and, and at lessons every single day. Like I've just come to the realization of like, I am tired of defending myself. Mm. And so I choose not to, I choose not to, if you don't like the things that I'm telling you, or you don't, this could come off weird, but it's just like, I shouldn't have to defend myself because I would never walk into your corporate job and without any experience, because I took a couple classes in college, which is equal to a dad playing varsity baseball I don't need to like call people out. I'm just using examples. No, totally. I don't want to sound like I'm like, you know what I'm saying? Um, but I would never walk in there and tell you how to do yours. Like, this is what I'm an expert in. This is what I've been doing for 20 years. I've done it at every single level, professionally, internationally, at the collegiate level. It's like, when you turn on TV, this is what you see. Like, this is what you're seeing. Pictures, especially like, this is what you're seeing them doing. If you don't want to do it, that's okay. You don't, that's okay. I'm not forcing you to do it. And I've just come to that realization. And that is just how it is. Um, because it's just so, like, why do I have to? Why do these girls have to right out of college? Like, why do they have to defend themselves? They have to be open to learning because I've had to learn 100%. I didn't know how to run a travel team two years ago. Like, it is, it is really complicated. It takes a lot of time. And these head coaches work really, really hard. But, my words are valuable. My opinion is valuable. I know what I'm talking about. And it took me a long time to become extremely confident in that way. Yeah. And it right, is right away. That way. So that probably took some vulnerability, like we talked about earlier, for you to be able to get to that point, because it's hard. It's really yeah. hard. What's your it's like, oh, is that right? Is that not right? Like, you're so I was always so cautious when I first got out of college of like, unsure almost but yeah you know six years out finally you feel completely confident in yourself but that would be like in any other job yep you know so so what is your top pet peeve like if you had to pick one about just the travel ball experience embarrassing embarrassing your players like embarrassing them in the way of like you don't need to scream at people to get your point across. You don't have to scream out to the pitcher, belittle them because they missed a sign. Like if you want them to act like professionals, you need to treat them that way. And especially if you're at a tournament with college coaches or whatever, like, what are you here for? Are you here to embarrass them in front of their future school? Or are you here to like help them get there and teach them through it? Um, that's a huge one. My second huge one is like winning over everything is like so wrong, like at all costs, like you are coaching a youth sport, trying to develop them to take the next step in their career. And all you care about is winning drives me absolutely up the wall. 
what are you doing? Is this about you? Is this about your resume? Is this about how many girls you can get to college or is it about them getting there? Like, I just don't, hmm. maybe that's number one. But the other one's a, cl- a close second because gosh, the things that these, these guys will yell out to their players. I'm like, that's productive. That's really going to work. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. She's feeling really confident now. Right. I'm glad you said that in between pitches when she's up to back because she's really going to hit a home run now. That was really good. I just get, sorry. I just get really mad. No, I get it. And it just sounds like the coaches that are doing those things. It's like, they just have a lack of priorities basically like their priorities are not aligned yeah no they forgot they have must have forgotten at some point like why they're doing this yeah because at that point well, i don't even know if you're having fun players, anymore uh I'm sorry. oh yeah no totally i mean that's the yeah. thing is that you're not having you fun there for a second yeah sorry about sorry that. you put <laughs> out there for a second no you're fine no worries no but yes if you're not even having fun before you even get to college like we're in trouble like we are not on a good path here you're not gonna last it's not gonna happen yeah it's too hard it's too hard especially you going to stanford oh my god i don't know how you did that i don't either to be honest with you i don't know how any of us did this like student athlete experience like looking back i'm like what in the world (laughs) like (laughs) it's wild seriously stanford was out recruiting this weekend yeah Um, i did see them a few times in kansas city which is so random there were so many schools there in kansas city kansas so at the tournament, we were just that. Yeah. But there was a, there was a 18 and 16th were playing at the same field. And there was a team playing in front of us that was all 2021. So I, I looked up like where they're all going to school. There's a Stanford, a UPenn. Uh, like I was just like, oh, we're that kind of team, aren't we? <laughs> I just think it's so cool. I'm like, how are you so smart and you're good at softball? Like it blows my mind. Anyway, I envy that because that just wasn't me. I think that's why. <laughs> Well, no, I mean, there are, like, pros and cons, though, because sometimes, like, honestly, some of the teams that I played on, we'd, like, overanalyze, though, because of that. because you're, like, analytical, you overthink. So when you're saying, like, overcaring, you know, so it's, like, it's always, like, a double-edged sword for any of this stuff, you know? That's actually quite true. That's true. My brain doesn't work that way. <laughs> that shows in other aspects of my life. No, I, I am very much enjoying picking your brain right now. Let me tell you. So thank you. I also saw, speaking of the recruiting tournaments and everything, I saw that I can't remember if you retweeted or you tweeted it, but basically like, for example, there were coaches, college scouts there, but they left because of parent behavior, like at one point. Right. So, cause we, I, I mean, a parent, like a sports parent podcast could be its own show. So like, we don't need to go into like every little We got to do that. I think I just need to do it. I just need to do it Maybe you because, should. and I want to interview, like, I'm just giving my idea out there for me here, like different sports too. Yes. And like hear their opinions yeah. about how it goes. God, that would be so fun to be honest. Anyway, I'm sorry. Keep going. No, I think it'd be awesome. Especially, I'm sure there are so many similarities, but then like, you know, just certain nuances like sport, like, I bet like pitcher parents are similar to like quarterback parents or like whatever, yeah. you know, like true, <laughs> true. No, but when it comes to parents of softball players, like going through the travel ball system, what makes a good one? A good one is someone hands off. Like a good one to me 
that when just from like watching and I am so lucky and blessed to be coaching the girls that I do and their parents have been amazing. Um, but it's also like the culture that I think Kevin, his name is Kevin, the head coach of our team has set of like, you know, we don't talk to our parents during the game. Our parents don't yell things out. Like all these things, there's a zero tolerance policy. And I think that he has been very true to that. And that's made a big difference. Um, but like this weekend, the parents had to be, there are five division one coaches behind our backstop. And on the other team, the parents had to be warned in the first inning because they were screaming at the umpire, but they don't, they don't understand how that, but if no one's ever told them, I guess, how would they know? Right. If, if they let it happen, like if there was no boundary set there, then, but a good parent to me is just one that lets their kid play and lets their coaches coach. And obviously they know their kid more than anybody else. And but they come at conversations in a professional way. They come at conversations with out aggression or threatening or uh, uh, ultimatums or those kinds of things, because I see that every day, every day. It's so like, would you ever talk to your bot, like anybody in a different situation like this? Probably not. So like, why do you feel like your, your daughter's travel ball coach is different? You know, like this our head coach works really, really hard, sends out a hundred emails a weekend. It seems like to like work for these kids and talk to these college coaches and those kinds of things. And it's like being disrespectful to someone who cares about your kid like that, or is trying their best to get them to where they need to go is the worst parent ever. I just, I, it's, it's a horrible example, um, in my opinion to how, kids need to go about maybe treating their future boss one day or their coaches one day. Um, those kinds of things. Right. Uh, yeah. The parents were a little bit wild and I was just like, that's going to do it. That's going to overturn the call. That's yeah. Good. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to get the umpire on your yeah. side. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> really productive. Love that. It's like, but would they do that in their office? Probably not. You know, I mean, you'd hope not, right? I mean, yeah, maybe they do. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but with all this being said, too, there's obviously a positive side and a reason that you've been drawn to do this. Like we, you know, we can't overlook that too. So, with that being said, it's like, what is that, and what do you hope that you can do for this future generation of softball? I just want to prepare prepare them to know like what it's actually like and what to actually expect that's a huge reason why I do it I love kids so much more than maybe coaching at the next level like if I could be a middle school teacher I probably would I love middle schoolers they don't get enough credit they are sharp they are funny like they do not get enough credit for it they people just write them off so fast but I think they're the best um and I needed me in a way, when I was that age, I didn't have hands-on to someone who played at U of A. I didn't have hands-on to that. Um, I didn't have someone who maybe looked like me to go to um, because there was a really hard time in my life where I was 5'11", 200 pounds as a freshman in high school. What girl sees the big picture of like, oh, you're going to throw 70 miles an hour one day and hit the ball 300 feet? that's not their biggest priority. And I wish I would have just had someone to tell me like, this is why you are the way that you are right now. Um, there's that piece of it too. There's a piece of in my collegiate career, like having a woman on staff 
was really great. Like I had two male coaches who I could get this, you know, like the tough from, and then the other one who just is just like cool. And then the other one, the kind of just having a woman there who's done it before is just such a different experience. Um, so those are kind of like the biggest reasons why I do it. It's a lot, it's a lot of work, but it's so fun when they do well and they learn and you've been working with them on something for a long time and they do it, especially kids. Cause they can get a lot better in the time that you have them in college kids. I feel like it's a very short window. Once they get there, they're not going to get like this much better. They're probably gonna get this much better. And it's cool to see them completely transform. Yeah. 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 And it's, I love to travel. So that helps too. Like I, I love to travel and see people and meet people and um, it's given me a platform to do that too. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I, for one, I'm glad to have you as part of that community because all the things that we've talked about, all the things that you've mentioned and that you talk about all the time. Yeah. Like we need people like you, like involved in these things. And I wouldn't mind your puppy being around more too. I know she's cute. She's all <laughs> okay. She has like name. I give them anxiety medication to calm them down so they don't rip their stomach. So, you know, so what's her like name? Groggy. Daisy. 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 She's a labradoodle. Oh, she's like, so cute. She's yeah. a black labradoodle. Some people she's will be listening, stuck. just listening to audio. This is going to be motivation for them to look at the video version of this as well. Yeah. <laughs> you get to see a black labradoodle. Yes. She's uh, trying to find her spot on the couch here. Sorry, I messed it up. My bad, my bad. <laughs> so... She's the best. I love it. Well, before I let you go, do you still have a few more minutes? Just like yes, three. I do. Okay. <laughs> okay. Cool. Yeah. Before I let you go, I want to play a quick game that I play with everybody who comes on the show. It's called Safer Out. Okay. okay. And if so, I'll bring something up. If you like it, you agree with it. Uh, it's like positive to you. Then you'll say safe. If you don't like it, or you don't agree with it. You'll call it out. Does that make sense? Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right, we'll, we'll jump in. Too complicated. Okay. <laughs> okay, so pitcher only, like pitchers who only pitch, safer out. Safe. We need them. Yeah. I had a feeling they're, you were going to say special. that. They're special. They're special. I, I think their job is really cool and it's hard. Yeah. It'd be kind of fun to be honest, but I couldn't just do one. So safe for sure. Safe. Yeah. yeah. It is special. Like is I special. love that saying, like there's a reason there's a circle around the pitcher, right? Cause there's just, yeah, I think you have to be a little bit crazy, like got a little bit of crazy in there to be able to do it. I've never met a PO that's like not a little bit crazy right? <laughs> like, like, or a little bit quirky or a little bit, you know, their own person. Yeah. You know, they're special. They're super special. They're really good at what they do. Oh my gosh. That's a good point too, because they do bring like a good personality to like the team culture because they are, they like might mar march to the beat of their own drum. Like they're quirky, but they're themselves, you know, it is like a good, a good vibe to have. Right. And their job is really hard. Oh yeah. There would be like, there's a reason why there's only a few POs on every team is because their job is hard. Yeah. Um, and so 
people like kind of, I'm not like ride them off, but it's like, Oh, well you only pitch. Well, it's freaking hard. You do it. You know, it's hard. So their job is important. So safe for sure. Well, yeah. And it's like kickers and football only kick. And like, then not only that, it's like kicking and then there's like punters and then there's like, you know, I don't know. I feel like pitchers are doing more than that. No offense to those football players. No, but like a kicker, like you are the biggest hero or the worst player on the team in any game that you're in. Like it doesn't matter what happened throughout the game. If you miss a kick in the biggest situation, you're the worst. Everybody hates you. If you make the kick, you're the hero of the game. After that whole game has already been played of all these people, like everything like goes back to like you. And I feel like that is the perfect comparison for like how a pitcher is, to be honest. hundred percent. Yeah. Okay, cool. So safe. safe. Second one is parents coaching their kids' travel ball teams. Safe or out? Safe. I, because I don't want to write them all out because yeah. I think there's a way to do it. I think it obviously takes a special parent to be able to do it. I don't feel like for every single person it's in their best interest or what they should do. But I do, I don't see the problem with it if it can be done right. 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 If there's boundaries set, if there's respect level set, if there is a conscious effort from both parent and child to make sure that if anybody is watching the game, they have no idea. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that I've seen it. It happens on my team, like would have no idea. Um, and that's the coolest thing ever. I think it can totally be done. Yeah. So safe. Great point. Not whether or not to do it, but how it's done. That's more important. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. A couple of safes. So I think we're like hitting Lauren right now. It seems like. Hitting Lauren. <laughs> <laughs> True. But the last one is, speaking of hitting Lauren, bat flips. Safer out. Out. Okay. So now we're seeing pitching Lauren a little bit. I say out uh, only because and I, I think maybe like I'm a little bit of an old person, maybe in this situation, like I'm not quite old, but I'm not quite young anymore. So I'm like right in between. I feel that is God forbid the ball doesn't go out. Number one, I would never have had the guts to do that because what if it didn't go even when you know, it's going to go like, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And the other yeah, thing Two is I love when people can just act like they've done it forever. Mm. I think that's way more of a message um, than I get. I'm emotional. I'm an emotional player. I get really excited after a big strikeout time and place, I think has a big part to do with it. If it's the second inning, it's not as cool. If it's the bottom of the seventh and the national championship game, way cooler. Yeah. All home yeah. runs aren't created equal. Oh, a thousand percent. Oh. Not all strikeouts so, are great equal either. Exactly. So like time and place, but there's not a lot of times where that's actually, I think, fully necessary. Yeah. And ugh, I just I just think that we can be, do better of just respecting each other more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, pr- I pretty much agree with everything you said. Yeah. That's my style out. as well. Okay, so that's I the just, I want to hit a home run and be like, yep, I've done this before. Right? I don't know. <laughs> it is kind of a flex, you're right. Just to be, like, casual yeah. about it. <laughs> yes, I think that's more of a flex. Yeah. 
to be honest, is if you just act, you're unbothered. Yeah. Mm, unbothered. There it is. Full circle. I like it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe that should be my podcast name. Oh my God. We just did no, it. There probably already is one like that. There probably is one like that. Whatever. But it, it's not probably. unbothered with Lauren. Cause that's, we can make this that This is happen. true. <laughs> this is true. I will subscribe. <laughs> so, thanks. <laughs> My first subscriber, everybody. Yep, right here. <laughs> breaking news. <laughs> well, thank you. This has been yes. so fun. I, I hope you had a good time, too, but I've loved having Definitely. you on. And I'm so excited for everyone to hear Thank you for having me. I, don't, I haven't d- dove into this kind of stuff in a while, so it's a refresher to know that it still works up here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it works. Trust me. And it works very it well. Works. And we're all glad to have a glimpse into it. So thank you again. Well, thank you so much for having me. I love the real raw conversations. Those are my favorite. And Lauren just really brought that. That's the good stuff. That's where we learn. That's where we bond. That's where we bring people in. That's what people love and are attracted to. And I'm just glad that we could get that from somebody who has had the success that she's had, the experience that she's had. It holds a lot of weight to hear Lauren talk about some of these things. It's just great. I'm so glad that we had her. And with that, let's transition to the foul tip of the week. This week's foul tip is about accountability. Now, if you were to look up the definition of accountability in the dictionary, which by the way, I recommend doing that in general, look up the definition of certain words. Sometimes we assume certain meanings and you might be surprised to find out what the nuances of these words actually mean. But anyway, Accountability is an obligation or willingness to accept responsibility for one's actions. Think about that. Responsibility for one's actions. Lauren pointed out that that also kind of requires some vulnerability to recognize and acknowledge, hey, I'm not perfect. I made a mistake. I'll try my best not to make it again. Right? That's important. Recognizing it, acknowledging it doing your best moving forward. It it takes me back. So this is kind of a small thing, but when I was playing travel ball, I remember I played shortstop and I didn't make errors very much. I'll be honest. Like it did not toot my own horn here. It was just a fact. I really didn't make very many errors, but I did. I made one in one of the games we were playing. I don't even remember who we were playing. And I just kind of put my palm on my chest and said, Hey, my bad, that's on me to my teammates, to, to the pitcher, you know, third baseman near me. And I remember our coach later kind of used that as an example of a good example of somebody, you know, having accountability. And she was just kind of explaining that with the team. And I hadn't really thought of it that way. It seemed like a small thing, but it stuck with me after that. Because when teammates are accountable, we trust them more. Even if they made a mistake, the fact that they're owning it is relatable, it's authentic, And it's reassuring. It's like, hey, I can work with that. Okay, we can get through that together. It's the same thing in work settings. It's okay to say sometimes like on accident, if you miss something, hey, sorry, that was a miss by me. I'll get this done and I'll proactively address this moving forward. With our friends and family too, saying I messed up, I'm sorry, goes a long way. The key too in all these situations is the part about doing your best to get better moving forward and not making the mistake again. 
it's not just something where we say sorry and just continue to make the same mistake and do the same thing over and over. Like that's not going to get it done. That's, that's not full accountability, but making the effort to adjust, that's when accountability truly plays out. You're a better teammate, better professional, better friend, better everything. And that is where we all want to be. So that's it. Be accountable. That's the foul tip of the week. You've been listening to Believe in Softball presented by Bet Online. The show is available anywhere you get your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, wherever else you listen, including Believe.com. And you can watch the videos on YouTube as well. So subscribe to the show, rate it, write a review for it, share it with your friends. Again, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Believe in Softball, B-L-E-A-V, Believe. You can always reach out to me on Twitter at JennaBacera01 and Instagram at JennaBacera as well. As always, guys, thank you for tuning in and catch you soon. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.